You know, the culture is actually damn good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey, where y'all at? This is Trafalgar Square. Mr. and Mr. North of South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Have you been drinking? It was a good show, huh? During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey! 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 Hey, how you doing? Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me Savian! Okay, it's an existential Monday on a Tuesday. Welcome to the pod, everyone. Bob Matthews here with you on the SportsJourney.com radio network. We're glad you're with us. You can catch us not only at SportsJourney.com, as always, but also Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and everywhere that fine podcasts are sold. We're going to check in with Ron Rivera Today, obviously, the off day, as it always is on a Tuesday, but we caught up with the coach yesterday, so we'll hear about everybody's favorite topic, how Dwayne Haskins did. We watched the tape yesterday. The All-22 tape is out, and I'll give you my thoughts and observations on that, too. I don't know that anybody's going to like it because it doesn't really fit the narrative on either side. I think, unfortunately... It's a mixed bag. And a mixed bag sometimes doesn't make for good radio, but it's also the truth. And I think a lot of what you're seeing is people trying to make good radio and not necessarily give you an honest opinion of what's going on. First, though, let's get to the coach meeting with reporters yesterday, as he always does on a Tuesday. Uh, So let's get to him and what his thoughts were on Dwayne Haskins is statistically the best day of his career. Uh, over 314 yards, career high, completed 71% of his passes. Granted, most of them were short routes. In fact, 14 of them behind the line of scrimmage. Nevertheless, um, here is Coach Rivera on Haskins' performance against the Ravens. There were some things that were positive. Obviously, you know, he made some good throws. He threw the long one to Terry at the end of the game. It was inconsequential at that point. But, again, doing the things that he needs to do and showing the growth, that's what we're looking for. And, and again, you know, it, it's this tough situation. I mean, again, we're, we're looking at our circumstances right now as a football team. We're in a very interesting uh, situation right now. Yeah, that interesting situation is the fact that the NFC is just garbage. As we come on the air here today, the Red, uh, Washington is in second place in the NFC East at one and three. They would have been in first place if the Eagles hadn't beaten the 49ers. Yeah, Philadelphia is one, two, and one, and they're in first place right now. That puts him in a tough philosophical spot in the sense that, so what do you do? You have a quarterback that you spent a first-round pick on last year, quarterback that I'm sorry, but I personally think can be okay. Maybe even better than okay. But he's got to have time to grow. And do you give him the time to grow, or do you make a run at a very weak division and try to make the playoffs, try to win this division? And it's not necessarily a bad thing to do that. I mean, when you, you know, Ron Rivera is trying to build a culture. He said that before. Let's face it. This is a losing culture. 
in Washington. We all know that. And what does it say? He's got to do what's best for the entire team. Well, what does it tell guys, talented guys, who you would like to keep a part of your core, who have some contracts coming up in the next couple of years? What does it say to Jonathan Allen if they don't go for it this year, if they're in a position to do it? Is he going to want to resign? And if so, how much more would it cost them to make him change his mind if you make the wrong decision? Um, what about Deron Payne? You know, again, I know these guys aren't flashy on the stat sheets, but they've made a difference. Um, it's a young team. Uh, it's just the bottom line. It's a young team, and it's a fine line that he's walking. But you can't lay everything on the feet of Dwayne Haskins. Now, yeah, he had a couple of missed reads, including one on the fourth down play uh, in the fourth quarter, the one where the, the quote-unquote test that, that we were looking from. The biggest thing on that, when you go back and when I went back and looked at the tape, wasn't that he didn't take a shot into the end zone, was that he didn't look to the backside of the play and see that he had J.D. McKissick, I mean, wide open in the flat. You know, he threw the check down to Isaiah Wright. Terrific. Had he looked around and seen J.D. McKissick, he was wide open. And if everybody's covered in the end zone, had he swung around and, and thrown it to McKissick, at least McKissick would have been able, you know, to build up a head of steam headed towards the goal line. And then who knows? You know, maybe he breaks a tackle, bounces off a guy, maybe he runs over a guy. It would have given them, obviously, a better chance of scoring on the fourth down play, where, again, it's either into the end zone or you turn the ball over. Uh, and we talked with Rivera about that as well. And by now, surely you've heard him say, you know, it was a test, and he would have liked to have seen him, at the very least, extend the play throw it into the end zone, let a guy, let a receiver in the end zone try and go up and make a play. Also talked to him uh, about the defensive line, how it is faring without Matt Ioannidis, and he said that they made some plays out there. We had our moments, and, and, and again, unfortunately, it was big plays that got you at the end of the day. And, and, and again, you can't take them away, but ifs and buts and can't do nuts and all that, but if you took away the the couple of big plays that we gave with the big throw, the big run, defense played pretty, pretty, pretty well. They played well enough at times to give us a chance. So those are things we have to look at. Problem is when you have such limited talent on offense, the defense almost has to play. Well, it does. It's got to play lights out for you to have a chance to, to win the game. I mean, case in point, Philadelphia, you know, first week of the season, they were able to give them, give the offense three short fields. So it's no wonder they won the game. Um, and you just saw it with the offense uh, last weekend. You know, missed field goal from Dustin Hopkins. You can't do that. Fumble from J.D. McKissick that gives the Ravens a short field. Field. Uh, you can't do that. And the 50-yard uh, touchdown play. Uh, was happy with the fact that I think it was encouraging that, aside from the run, you know, you didn't see the Ravens receivers uh, beating the secondary over the top. So maybe that is a good sign. Now, as to that conundrum of whether or not to go for it this year in the NFC East, if it continues to be this bad, 
might remember, we have talked about this many times before, Ron Rivera won an NFC South title one year at with a record of 7-8-1. and one. I want to say that was it was 2014, and then the next year they went 15-1, and one, went to the Super Bowl. I, I think I don't think that it's a fair comp because of the fact that, again, that team was much further along in its development than this one is. Still... It's something again that has to be that has to be talked about and has to be discussed, and you've got to consider it pretty seriously. Again, if you want to convince a lot of guys that have been here for a few years that it is worth sticking around on another contract because things are going places. That's exactly uh, that's exactly it. It's, it's, it's right now we are in certain situations got interesting circumstances and, and, and we have to evaluate those and we really have to dig deep into those things. You know, we went through it in 2014 where everything stayed right there. It was right there for the taking. And that's, you know, something we have to talk about, something we have to look at. We've got to decide, you know, what's in our best interest going forward. Uh, I think that's probably a comment squarely directed to Dwayne Haskins. And I know a lot of people are, are interpreting these things are very saying is, is either undermining his quarterback or preparing, you know, preparing everybody for the eventual benching of Haskins. But there, there could be another thing going on here. And that's that there's an interesting note that came out last week that Urban Meyer had told Rivera that one of the things Dwayne Haskins responds to is a challenge. You get up in his face and challenge him on something. And that, that could be what's going on here. I mean, this could be tough love on Rivera's part, you know, not letting him get complacent, not letting, you know, realizing that there is a lot more for him to do, not just to be a good NFL quarterback, but a great one. Again, time's just going to tell if, if that's the case or not. Uh, John Kime also uh, led the, led everybody in, um, you know, asking the questions about, obviously we, uh, Rivera's health and, we saw him on the sidelines having to take a seat on the bench uh, a couple of times during the game. Uh, a PR uh, person had to help him into the locker room. Uh, kind of, he had to lean on a, uh, one of the PR guy's shoulders uh, heading into the locker room at halftime. I'll just go ahead and let John um, ask the question, and then we can talk about it after that. Hey, Ron, it's John Kime. Um, I'm curious, you, you've had to deal with so much here, and then you had to deal with the cancer. How have you been able to maintain your sanity throughout this process? What has helped you kind of overcome or at least maintain your energy and be at this point? Oh, the reality of talking to you guys every day. Are you kidding? Shoot. Um, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. I really am. I mean, we, we have a good support system here, you know, with everybody in place in terms of, you know, I got coaches, I got players, we got trainers. Um, and as I go through this, you know, it's, it's not all on me. And, and, and that's the thing that really helps me as far as the organization is concerned. Um, I, I really am. You know, Jack Del Rio has done a tremendous job every time, you know, and, and on the short notice, you know, I, I kind of dump it on Jack and Jack's ready to go. He's done this before. He did this for Coach Fox. So it, it, it's been a godsend to have a guy like Jack who's, who's, who's a veteran, who's, a, who's been a head coach, who's been through some tough times and knows how to deal with it. And he's been terrific. He really has. I, I, I absolutely appreciate that. Plus what, what Scotty and Nate have done is in terms of coordinating their, their side of the ball as well. So, you know, Jack can handle the team, but at the same time, he can focus in on, on, on the defense when he has to. Uh, that's been very, very helpful. Um, the fact that my, um, my daughter works for us, 
because um, she drives me then to work. She drives me home. Uh, she's constantly pestering me to make sure I'm taking my medicine. I'm staying on top of things. Um, that's another huge plus for me. I'm, I'm, that's a huge benefit. It really is. Um, and, and then, and then the, the entire care over at Innova, um, you know, with the, the nurse practitioners and the nurses that are signed up to work with me that are constantly checking in on me. You know, the, the, and it's not as if you know, I'm special, it's just that that's the way they treat their patients. So I've been very fortunate as far as that's concerned. Yeah, it's just something that unless you've gone through it yourself, I don't think there's any way you can relate to what Rivera's going through. Uh, if you've known anybody that's gone through chemo, you, you've, seen, you've seen how debilitating it can be. Add on to that coaching an NFL franchise, and then add on to that coaching probably the most dysfunctional NFL franchise in the league right now. Um, got me how he's getting through it. No clue whatsoever. One thing we do have a clue about is the All-22 tape. Like I said, did a little bit of film study last week, or uh, last night, and specifically on Dwayne Haskins. It's a mixed bag. I wished it wasn't. I I wished we could, I wished I could come out here, you know, like you hear the sports junkies and guys saying he doesn't get it, he's not going to get it, pull the cord on him now, putting Kyle Allen, tank for Trevor Lawrence, all that stuff. It's just not that simple if you go and you look at the tape. And, you know, the eye test does tell you plenty. The eye test tells you that he's got a lot of work to do. Uh, but there were only two really bad missed reads, and we talked about one on the on the fourth down and goal, uh, and he missed he missed J.D. McKissick in um, in the in the flat that could have maybe um, you know at least gotten them a little bit closer than they got to that touchdown. Um, he missed a, he missed two throws in the game. Uh, the other one was a slant to Terry McLaurin, and it looked to me like. On a on a bad throw on a check down, uh, where his mechanics just weren't good. He also had, I think it was McLaurin open over the middle, and he just decided not to not to make the throw for some reason or another. Um, and then one of the sacks was because he he called the protection wrong, or there was bad protection called. Whoever whoever managed calling it. But all in all. Y- I'm sorry, it was it was a decent stepping stone. I mean, it wasn't good enough to win, clearly, but it also was in a case where he was overmatched, and he's not getting a lot of help. Dwayne Haskins just didn't get a lot of help out there. You saw bad spacing on routes with the receivers where a lot of times they're running in, you know, they're all three, four, five yards apart from each other. They can be covered by one guy. So that's a problem, and I, I still maintain that the offensive line's still a problem. I mean, you can understand him seeing ghosts back there because seldom does he get a clean pocket. Now, when he does get a clean pocket, there have been times when he is, you know, he's gotten a clean pocket and he's, you know, made some good throws. But more often than not, and it's usually the left tackle position where it's happened, um, if Jerron Christian doesn't let his guy beat him, he's it seems like he is constantly letting the guy that he is blocking get 
too close to Dwayne Haskins. I mean, you don't expect. I know we've been we've been um, spoiled because of the fact that if you you know through you know we would consider I guess the modern era when Joe Gibbs showed up, you've had majority of the seasons either Joe Jacoby holding down the left tackle spot or Trey Johnson, Jim Lachey. I think for a couple of years they moved him over from right to left tackle, uh, Chris Samuels, and then Trent Williams. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's been an adjustment this year. But still, it just seems to me like like Christian lets the guy who's blocking him just get too damn close. And that's just not going to work, especially with a young quarterback. I mean, when you put all of this together, uh, you, you know, young receivers – Young offensive line that may very well be subpar. You know, a tight end game that's subpar. Young running backs. It's a lot. It'd be a lot for a vet to have to deal with. And for a guy learning an offensive system on the fly, after the situation that he came into last year, the dysfunctional mess that Dwayne Haskins came into last year, and now you're having him learn yet another new offensive system, which in and of itself is not a problem if you have OTAs and minicamps to get a head start, not to mention a preseason. Yeah, that's e- even playing a quarter to a quarter and a half. First two games of the season. All right, that's so that's three quarters. Uh, the third preseason game, you play a half, so that's five quarters. You know, you're still a game and a half behind. And all these things are counting. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens from here on out. We were at the quarter pole. One in three is not great. It's not a disaster. Certainly not a disaster in this division. They've got a stretch here, I think, of five games coming up where the combined records of the teams are four and 12 mainly because they're going to play two, I think, three straight NFC East games. Uh, the Rams, they you know, it's the Rams this weekend, and the Giants defense held them to, what, under 20 points. Rams coming east for what for them is a 9 a.m. game. Then a game against the Giants, a game against the Cowboys, another game against the Giants. Let's see. You throw Cincinnati and, and Detroit in that stretch as well. It'll just be interesting to see from week four to, say, week 11, what happens. This will be the time to get something done. So let's just see what happens this next six, seven weeks. It could be interesting. We'll see. Mick and the clock on the wall say, we got to get out of here. Uh, don't forget, catch us at sportsjourney.com, Podbean, Spotify, uh, iTunes, and wherever fine podcasters. Have a good one. Like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, you wear white. <laughs>